Oh, Lord, we, we thank you so much, God. Uh, you truly, truly are good. God, you, you're so good to all of us. Uh, we can't express or describe or explain your love and your mercy and your grace and just your care and your concern no matter what we face and no matter what we go through and no matter what's going on, we can find that you are good. And I just pray that you speak to our hearts and to our minds and God, that you just have your way. Um, thank you for every aspect, God, for the worship and for those who lead us in worship, God. And I just, I can't say enough about you and your goodness and God, I give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God is, God truly is good. Um, he's also got a little bit of a sense of humor. Um, I was preparing, you know, through the week on my sermon and trying to get the message together. So I was, you know, I spent a lot of time yesterday in my study and uh, my wife had to work, and it was raining outside, so, you know, it was a good opportunity to do so. So I was preparing, spent, you know, a couple to a few hours in there, and, you know, Dana had called when she got off work and asked me how it was going, and I said, well, I said, check this out. My whole sermon is gone, like, for real gone. Um, I had it, you know, all planned out, typed out. Had everything, point A, B, C, and D, whatever, you know. And um, I saved it. I even seen the title go in my documents folder, and it was in there. Like, for real, it was in there. And um, my internet was acting slow, so I, was, I cut it off. Uh, I restarted my computer and turned it back on, and I went to email that file to myself, and I couldn't find it. I was like, what? You know, so I'm going in there and I'm looking for it, trying to find out where it's at. I even see my recent documents. I click on it and it says file cannot be found. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> so anyways, I do what anybody would do. I Google. What do I do or how do I recover a lost document, an unsaved document? And it's not there. I got um, Office Word 2007 and apparently that version, whatever, can't recover documents that hasn't been saved. I guess I need to upgrade. Anyways, God's always got a plan. And um, I guess God's had me and my family in this transition for, you know, a few years now. Um, I know most of you don't know me, but, you know, before I came to this church, I served as an associate pastor for, a, for another church for, you know, eight, nine years and I knew what to do, right? I knew what was going on, what was expected, yada, yada, yada. But God began dealing with us about, you know, it's time for a change. It's time that we do something different. And, you know, as exciting as that sounds, you know, it's, it's not. You know, and it's scary and you're unsure and the unknown. And so you're just putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So finally, you know, we say, okay, God, what do you want? So we began allowing him to lead us and guide us, and, you know, we came here, and, uh, and we loved it. You know, um, a very sincere group of people, um, a pastor who is very 
transparent and shares his heart. And I mean, he's, he's real. Um, probably one of the most real preachers that I've ever heard preach, right? He don't pretend whatever. He just gives you God's word and that's it, right? They don't try to make it something it's not or whatever. But anyways, um, so I haven't been had the opportunity to speak as much. And um, I believe it's a good thing because God has been trying to, I guess, teach me some things. Kind to, I guess, rewire the way I thought it was supposed to be or what I'm supposed to do. So in that time of you know, studying and my sermon just gone, you know, I began to, you know, look through some of my old files, just kind of jog my memory. I started looking at all those sermons, and I was like, what was I doing? You know, what was I doing? I mean, I had them, right? Titles and A, B, C, Ds and, you know, the great crescendo at, you know, to give the altar calls or whatever, but I was like, you know what? That's not what it's about. You know, it's about speaking from our hearts to God's people to encourage each other, you know, to allow us to be real with one another. And, you know, I've been, I guess in the last, I don't know, it's probably been years, you know, in a fight against what to do and where to go and how to live, and so on and so forth. But um, I was just thinking, you know, this morning as I got up, you know, my kids are running around always in their costumes, you know. I'm talking about all the time. I'm talking about they'll come home from school and put them on. I mean, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Brody, my oldest, he likes Spider-Man so much, he was wearing Davis's Spider-Man costume. I said, boy, that can't be comfortable, you know. He said, I don't care. But anyways, when we come in here, you know, we got our costumes on too. And, and we put them on. I put mine on. You know, we got it all together. You know, everything's going fine. Everything's good. Life's perfect. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ain't that right? I mean, we got the, I call it the Instagram filter on, right? We got our lives posted for everybody to see how good things are going. But what they can't see is the fight that's going on inside of here, right? The struggles that we face each and every day. The struggles that we don't let nobody know about. I mean, nobody it's like us and God, the only ones that know. And what I've learned about that is that makes life even harder. You're going through life all by yourself. You know, I know God is with you, and I know He empowers you and strengthens you, but we're not allowing each other to come and bring the healing to our souls and to our spirits that we really need. So I begin to think about the fight. You know, and everybody knows what a fight is, but I had to get some definitions myself. But to fight means to contend perseveringly against opposition and temptation. To strive as in a contest for a prize 
straining every nerve to attain the object or to put forth every effort involving exhausting physical labor, attempting to defend oneself, to defeat or to destroy an adversary. You know, our hearts have been inclined towards sin from the day that we were born. Um, and it can be easy for all of us to fall into that routine of forgetting about God, or even forsaking God for the most part. You know, but we have to fight. We have to for real fight. You know, the Bible says that we have an adversary. And he masquerades. He's got a mask too. And he is as, as the angel of light. See, he makes everything look so good. He makes everything look so enjoyable and so fulfilling. He doesn't come to you and offer you a destructive life. He comes to you and offers you your cake so you can have it and eat it too, so to speak. It looks perfect. It looks good. It looks exciting. And that's the way he portrays the things of this world to attain to our personal desires, whatever those things may be. They're different for each and every one of us. You know, but there is a struggle that we fight and that we face every day. I don't have this scripture on the screen, but I was reading in Romans chapter 7. You know, Paul went through this, went through this battle, as, as we all do every day. He says, you know, the things that I want to do, he says, I don't do those things. And the things that I don't want to do, he said, those are the very things that I find myself doing. He's in this place, and he's like back and forth of, you know, why is it so hard? Or why is the struggle so real? And who will ever save me from this wretched man that I am? But then he says, but thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. See, that's what we fail to realize. A lot of times we go through this life thinking, I am going to do this. Or I can do that. But we fail to recognize and realize that it's only by the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we can break free from the things that make us stumble and that, that create chaos in our lives or, or misery in our lives or the pain in our lives. We fail to see the victory in our struggles. We all struggle. Some it may be with anger or with some type of addiction or it may be with, with materialism or it may be with wanting to portray yourself something that you're not. You know, I can look around this room and if I could truly see each and every individual through the spiritual realm, you know, I would see some hurt. And I would see some pain. And I would see a lot of questions of why and how and what. You know, we would see a lot of things that I don't see here this morning. Because we all have them inside of us. No matter what we try to portray to everyone else, we don't have it all together. And I can be the first one to tell you, I do not have it all together. We don't have it all together. And I was reminded... In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, Paul had a privilege in his life of being called up to what he called the third heaven. 
to where he heard things and seen things that he said was unlawful for anyone to hear, to see, or to know. But because God gave them this special revelation, he also gave them what he called a thorn in the flesh. And I don't know what that was, but I know it was painful for him. Because he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My grace is all you need, for my power works best in weakness. My power works best in weakness. We try to be so strong, but how does God's power work through us when we're strong? Who's going to get the glory if we're strong? Who's going to get the glory if, if it's all us and what we can do and how we can do it? God says, my power works best in weakness. So you know what Paul says? He says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That, that, that is saying a lot. Paul was saying a lot. That in my weaknesses, I'm made strong. Because in my weaknesses, God gets the glory. There is no explanation for it. Paul is one of my most favorite men in the Bible because he endured so much, but he never quit fighting. He went through so much pain and agony and persecution and and, and a turmoil, but he never quit striving for God. They couldn't stone the hope of God out of him. They couldn't beat it out of him. They couldn't imprison it out of him. There's nothing they could do to take away the hope that Paul had inside of him. And for that reason, he fought a fight. He says, I fought a good fight at the end of his life. He said, I kept the faith. I didn't, I didn't give in to the demands of those around me. I didn't give in to the culture around me. When everybody else was going this way, Paul says, I stayed true to the faith of God and I stayed true to the people of God because he was not going to quit fighting. He was going to continue to do the thing in life that we fail to do sometimes and that's just to let God have his way in our lives and teach us the lessons that he wants us to know because a lot of times it's not us it's him and he wants to be the one standing at the end that says this is for my glory and for my kingdom that this is going to take place and happen not by our might or not by our power but by his spirit by the spirit of almighty God no matter you know, it's difficult because when God puts things in, in, in a person's heart, especially in, you know, in my heart, I want to try to portray it so much. I want to try to have the words just to 
just to be able to talk to his people and just to let them know and let them feel the heart of God. And it's so difficult to do that sometimes. You know, but, but God is so good. God is so good that no matter what you're facing right now in your present life or circumstances, no matter what's going on, no matter what's been said, no matter what you've done, God is good. His ways are good. And he says, my grace is sufficient. There's a lot of us that are tired. There's a lot of us that are weary and we're burdened. But Jesus tells us in his word, come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. See, we struggle, we struggle, and we struggle. But Jesus says, come unto me. And I will give you rest. Rest that the world can't give you. Rest that people can't give you. Only the rest and the peace that God can place in our lives and our hearts as we place our trust in Him. I mean, I wish I could describe to you, you know, the grace and the love and the mercy of God. Because I've experienced it myself. And, and it's, it's indescribable. But I want to tell us, I want us to, I want us to begin to, to take up our swords again, so to speak. And begin to, to fight against our adversary. You know, the Bible tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood. But against the powers and the principalities of the darkness of this age and air. I believe that's in Ephesians chapter 6. We have a real enemy. We have a real purpose. Because as people of God, God has called us. To do some things, right? God has called us to go and to spread His gospel. God has called us to take care of each other and the people of this world. God has taught us and told us to be the salt and the light of the earth. God has given us direction upon which how to live and, and what to do. You know, when we begin to do those things, we begin to make an impact for God's kingdom. But also as we begin to do those, we begin to make an impact to the kingdom of darkness as well. And he doesn't like that. So if our enemy can keep us occupied with our struggles and what we're doing wrong and woe is me, then it keeps us from being focused on the other people around us in our world that need help day in and day out. And just who knows, how about my struggle may be able to help somebody out in the real world. Maybe somebody looks at me and thinks he's got it all together. But what if I sat down with him at lunch and said, Hey, brother, I don't have it all together. Let me tell you about some things that I'm going through. Let me tell you about some things that I'm facing in my life that nobody else knows about. You know, it's at times like that people begin to see, You know what? This man or this woman is real. And we serve a God who, who, who is filled with a kingdom of broken people. God, God's kingdom is full of broken, messed up people. We all have something in our lives that's messed up. It may, it's different for everybody else. Everybody else, but we're messed up people. And we need to let people know that we're messed up people. I don't mean going out and shouting to the rooftops, but I mean finding those people who are struggling and getting down in the dirt with them and let them know, you know what? I'm struggling too, but I'm here with you. I'm here for you. 
or, or you know what, I struggled for a long time, but let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you how Jesus intervened on my behalf. You see, that's, that's what we call real evangelism. It's talking to people about real issues in this real world that we're really going through. Not hunky-dory, everything's perfect, praise the Lord. God saved my soul and I'm never worried about nothing since. It doesn't work like that. Up and down and up and down is this roller coaster of life. Just when you think you've got something that you've overcome, guess what happens when you get on the other side? There's something else to overcome. You see, sometimes it seems like it just don't ever end. You know, the rain keeps pouring and the winds keep blowing and the storms keep coming. It just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring in on your lives. And we're thinking, God, what do we do? We look to the hills from whence cometh our help. We give praise and glory and honor to God and say, God, through my weakness, you're made strong. And I know, God, that I can make an impact on the people around me if I just let down my guard and get on everybody else's level and begin to speak truth into their lives. Begin to speak truth to the lives of the people around me. See, we got to fight. we got to fight past the I don't feel like it or I don't want to, or I'm scared, or I don't know what to do. we got to fight past what are they going to say about me, or what are they going to think about me. What, what, what our pastor teaches the other day, don't worry about what men think about you, or say about you. You know what? Man's always going to talk. Always going to talk. It doesn't matter what you do. You can do everything the way that you're supposed to do, but somebody's going to find something to talk about you. So let's not worry about what man can say about us, but let's worry about what our Savior thinks about us. Let's not be concerned about what everybody's going to think about my baggage or my struggles or, or, my, or, or my messed up life. But say, God, use it for your kingdom and for your glory that people would see and know that you are God and that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think or imagine if we just turn to Him and let Him use us the way that he wants to. We've got to fight past our disappointments and our failures. We've got to fight past those things that drag us down and, and keep us down. We've got to fight. Look, when we mess up, we've got to keep fighting. I love there's a verse in Micah. I believe I have it back there in chapter 7 and verse 8. He says, do not rejoice. Do not gloat. Over me, my enemy, when I fall, for I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. You know what? We've got to fight. We've got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. We've got to keep pushing and keep pressing. We've got to keep helping each other and one another alone. You know, we've got to keep fight, quit just fighting for ourselves and start looking around us and find out who can we fight for. Who else can we fight for? Maybe if we took the, the, our eyes off of our situation and started helping somebody else fight theirs, we might be a little less concerned about what's going on in our lives because we become concerned about what's going on in our brother's lives and our sister's lives. You know, we are a family of believers. We are the church of God Almighty. And that's what we're here for. I love there's a passage in James that says, Confess your sins one to another that you may be 
healed. There's a lot of healing in getting down with your brothers and sisters and let them know what you're going through. You know what? Because there's freedom in that. There's release in that. There's, there's something that it does to your spirit when you get on that level. You say, God, I don't care. I don't care about the way I look or the way I sound or the way that I feel. I just want to be real. I just want to be real. And I want to fight the good fight of faith. I want to finish the race. I want to know that at the end of my life, that I did finish, that I did keep the faith, and I kept fighting until the end. You know, I love that movie, Braveheart. It's like one of my all-time favorites. And I know y'all know the part where he just, you know, he got his face painted, he got his sword, and he hollers, you know, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. It didn't matter if he would die. If he died, he was going to die fighting for what he loved and what he wanted, right? And that's us. We need to go full headstrong into the gospel of Jesus Christ, fighting for ourselves and those around us. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Nehemiah had just come back to Israel. Um, the gates around the city were completely torn down and burned with fire, and there was rubble everywhere. So he comes back and he begins to have lead the people into rebuilding the wall. And they're making a lot of progress. Things are going good. The wall's being rebuilt. I mean, it's like, yes, finally something good is happening. And then all of a sudden work kind of stops. Because anytime progress starts to be made, you know, things begin to happen and try to prevent it from being finished. So they get to this place, and Nehemiah looks at the situation. He begins to notice that the people are tired, that their enemies are beginning to discourage them. And now the workers are like, you know, we can't finish. So Nehemiah says, I called together the leaders and the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. He says, remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your friends, your families, and your homes. You know, and I love the picture you get because if you keep reading, they got to a place where they would carry their load in one hand and their weapon in another. That they would be on the wall working, building the wall, but they would have their weapon on their side. That they had people on the lookout. Each other. They was watching out for each other, fighting for each other. They were going to finish the project that God had put in their heart to finish. And they were going to use each other to do so. They were going to fight the good fight of faith. But they were going to fight it with each other and for each other. How about us this morning? Are we fighting the good fight of faith? Meaning, are we still trying to, to go forward in our relationship with Christ? Are we still trying to press toward, you know, knowing Him more, understanding Him more, allowing Him to teach us more? Are we allowing Him to, to lead us and guide us and direct us through His Word and through prayer and through the Spirit as we fellowship with Him in our personal time? You know, that's what He wants from us. 
to give us the, the courage, to give us the tools, to give us the resources that we need to live a life that's effective for Him and for His kingdom and for His church. So as I close this morning, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. It says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let the Holy Spirit teach us and, and show us and Allow us to be the people that God has called us to be. Allow Him to really impact our lives and to show us the people around us. To show us what we can do to make a difference in the people that He has in our lives. You know, we are where we are for a reason. 